Welcome to Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century with researcher, author, lecturer, counselor, and coach, Jeff Schott. Jeff has written Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents become important influencers in guiding their kids to success. He also wrote the book, Going, Going, Gone, about kids departing the faith they were raised in. Learn more about the program and the book at revivefamily.com. Welcome to Parenting in the 21st Century. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family and revivefamily.com. We're here to help you become the influential parent you want to be, the one that has the relationship with your kids that grants you access to help them at a deeper level, to target the issues that pile up in kids' hearts that often result in the bad behavior, the escape behavior, and the pushback and resistance that sometimes we encounter as parents. Today, we're going to be talking about the five T's of family connection that are absolutely vital if we want our kids to remain connected to us, if we want our kids to be open with us, if we want to have that kind, caring relationship we all desire to have between us and our kids. Last week, we talked about the first of the five T's, togetherness. Let me remind you the five T's that are essential for family connection. Number one, together. Number two, talk. Number three, transparency. The fourth is time. And the last and the foundation of everything is trust. And we're going to be going through these over the next couple of weeks. Last week, when we talked about togetherness, we talked about how kids, especially this generation of kids, have a strong desire for togetherness for a number of reasons. They don't want to just coexist under one roof. They don't want to be five individuals or four individuals in a house just coexisting together. While they may be hiding in their rooms, while they may be on video games or stuck on social media, and it seems like they want nothing to do with you, Let me assure you, that's not the case. And if you didn't hear last week's program on togetherness, I recommend you check out our podcast at revivefamily.com. Today, we're going to be talking about two of the five T's, talk and transparency, because they're so interrelated. Today with me in studio is my daughter, Jennifer, to fill in a young person's perspective as she sits here as a college student having just gone through high school and all of those feelings and things. So today, as we jump off, we're looking at this whole concept of talk. And one of the things I'm finding is that a lot of parents do a lot of talking. They do some lecturing as well. And yet, what I'm finding from talking to the kids out there in my research and in my coaching, that oftentimes the way we're talking with them is causing them to tune us out. And there's nothing more frustrating as a parent. We want our kids to listen. We want our kids to hear. We want our kids to respect us. And we don't feel that way when they tune us out or when they resist or get defensive with whatever we want to share with them. So let's talk about this whole concept of talking in a different light. So many of the kids feel like we're talking at them as opposed to talking with them. The challenge with being a parent is that we do have more experience, more time on this planet. We have more knowledge. We have more wisdom. And oftentimes we're so concerned about the direction our kids are on and how they're performing that we're constantly coming to them, giving them information, giving them ideas, telling them where they should go, what they should do, even sometimes what they should believe and think. 
And what I found from talking to students in the coaching sessions is this really frustrates them. They want us to talk with them. They want us to take the time to hear them and to understand them so that the advice we give is actually on target with what they're thinking, what they're feeling, who they are, what their interests and passions are. And they want us to understand so that we're not coming at them with the wrong assumption. And I've faced this challenge as a father with my son, Paul, in fact, because along the way with some of the challenges he's faced with dyslexia in, in school and et cetera, he's developed this one place he feels successful, which is in the video game world. And so obviously that can concern my wife and I, but oftentimes I will make the wrong assumption because he tends to play video games too much. I can make the assumption that that's what he desires to do and that he's not really got an understanding of the issue he's facing with video games or that he has the desire to actually stop and to cease. And so if I come into a conversation with those assumptions in place and approach him in that light, it hurts him deeply because on the other side, he's thinking, you don't understand me, dad. You're not listening to me. You don't believe me because I really am working on playing video games less. I am working on developing other interests. I don't want to be addicted to video games. I want to believe in myself more. And so if I come in and approach a conversation with him with those assumptions in place where I see that he wants to stop, that he is working on it, and I acknowledge those things, the conversations go so much better because he feels understood, listened to, believed in, and heard. And this is vital today with our kids when we're talking with them. We can't come in with the assumptions that we know what their motives are. We can't come in with the assumptions that we know what their issues and problems are. And we certainly can't enter the conversation with the belief that we need to put some type of stop or make them stop some behavior without first stopping, talking, and interacting with them and finding out what they think about it, what their desires are, what their motives are. Jennifer, as you have been growing up in our home, we've done a lot of interacting around a lot of different topics. But I also know that a lot of your friends dealt with this situation where the parents didn't really understand their, their kid. They didn't understand their true motives. When a parent comes to a child and has some perspective in mind and kind of portrays the entire conversation in the light of that assumption or perspective of their student, how does the student end up feeling? How does that kid end up feeling in the interaction with their parent? The student feels very unheard and frustrated with the fact that their parents are thinking, oh, my, my student must be feeling like this, or my kid must be feeling like that. Instead of being like, how are you feeling about this? How can I help you with this? I think that's so important. You just mentioned a couple of questions there that I ask on a regular basis. I know that when Paul or Eric or you encounter a failure, one of our first questions is, how are you feeling about that? And oftentimes we get the answer horrible 
or not good, or we see that the mistake or the failure has had the impact of causing you to lose confidence. And that's something that's really vital if we're going to be talking with our kids for us to realize and understand. Because if we come in with the assumption that they wanted to make the wrong decision, that they didn't know it was a wrong decision, or that they're just on the wrong course, and that's their desire is to be on the wrong course, we will often shipwreck that entire time of interaction, that talking with our kid, because they may be completely in a different place than we may understand. That was the case with the family that came to family camp and the kids that were here with their parents for a week, because one in particular, he had made one mistake and it had gotten back to the parents through one of the other kids that was around when that mistake was made. And the assumption going on within the parents was that this mistake was an ongoing regular mistake being made over and over again. And so the parents were trying to monitor all the times where he was going, what he was doing, how long he was going to be there, because they were convinced that this activity was ongoing. When I sat and talked with the student, it was fascinating. He had made this one decision, this one mistake, and afterwards decided that he didn't want to do it and wasn't doing it anymore, but his parents kept approaching him like he was. They didn't ask the questions about how he felt after the first incident. They didn't ask what his conclusions were. They didn't ask what he was going to do going forwards and why. And as a result, they had this cloud of suspicion about them that was destroying all the interaction, all the talking between this kid and these parents. So when we think about talking, the other thing we need to consider is the fact that oftentimes we're lecturing. We're we're coming to our kid and we're telling them a ton of things and we're talking at them and we tend to repeat the same messages, interaction after interaction after interaction. And after a while, I've found that the kids literally begin to tune us out if we go on and on and we repeat the same things and we assume that they haven't heard us or don't remember. So Jennifer, along the way, I know at times as parents, we've made that mistake in our house of talking too long about something, going on and on about something, lecturing or coming back and repeating the same thing over and over again. When that happens, where did that take you? What did it make you feel like? What did it make you want to do in the interactions with us? Well, it took me back to my failure. And it's like, but I haven't done it since. I don't plan on doing it again. Stop bringing it up because you're just making me feel bad. And when it just keeps happening over and over again, you kind of feel like you want to scream. (laughs) You want to scream. Why? Because you feel like there's no way to escape that view of you? Yeah. What does that do? It makes you really think of yourself badly because your parents keep pushing on this one little wound of a failure that you're trying to heal and you're trying to move past and and they just keep picking and picking and then you're just like, it's never going to heal and I'm always going to feel like that failure's on on me. Okay, so it makes it hard for you to move past. It It makes it hard for you to believe in yourself, to believe positive things about yourself. It makes it hard to for you to forgive yourself because it feels like your parents aren't moving past it 
and forgiving you as well. Right. So when we think about this whole topic of how we interact with our kids, we really need to reexamine our communication. When we come back in a couple of minutes, we'll continue talking about how we need to talk with our kids and how transparency factors into developing deep communication that will lead to connection and influence that will make our kids want to listen to us as opposed to want to avoid us. We'll be back in just a minute. If you're intrigued by the content in this radio program, I want to encourage you to visit revivefamily.com and sign up for our free webinar. If you desire to have the type of influence in your kids' lives that will have them asking you for advice, please explore our research and the key concepts behind influential parenting. It's available now online. You can sign up for free today and begin watching by going to revivefamily.com forward slash webinar. That's revivefamily.com forward slash webinar. Welcome back to Parenting in the 21st Century. I'm Jeff Schott, and with me is my daughter, Jennifer, and we're talking about talking. One of the five T's of family connection, one of the critical five T's. The things we've been talking about, things to avoid doing, but now let's talk about what we need to be with. There's a number of things that I've found that kids like talking with their parents about, and the more we talk about these types of things, the more likely our kids are to talk openly with us and interact with us in a more healthy way when there are challenges or misunderstandings in our communications with our kids. And some of the things that kids like talking about, they like talking about happy things. They want to talk about their dreams and aspirations. They want to be able to share some of the funny, humorous, insightful, and challenging things they find on social media, on YouTube, on Instagram, on Twitter, but oftentimes I found because parents have such a negative view of of social media often that they're afraid to share those things with us, afraid we'll tune it out or won't think it's important. But if it's important to our kid, it should be important to us and it will give us an insight into what they're thinking, what's going on, how they're viewing things based upon just what they're sharing with us and showing us off of the social media channels that they're involved in. And then they want to talk about happy family memories and family stories. Oftentimes, I've found many kids um, have blocked out chunks of their childhood and bringing back the positive memories and bringing back the fun memories and talking about some of those crazy things that happened on family vacations can build a significant bridge and help kids that are struggling maybe because they become a bit negative about themselves on the inside begin to think differently. It's interesting, though, that one of the great challenges I find between parents and kids is that interaction after they get picked up from school. Sometimes that can be a great time of communication, and sometimes it can really frustrate kids. So, Jennifer, tell me what you think parents should do related to that everyday occurrence of being picked up from school What should they do? What should they not do? How do they get into a conversation with their kid in the car on the way home? Well, ask them how their day's doing. Don't go through and ask them specifically how this is going or how that is going. I know you're struggling in this class. How'd you do in that class today? No, slow down. Just ask them how their day was. Ask them, you know, how they feel about themselves today or 
tell them how your day was because the more that you're open with them, the more they're going to be open with you. I mean, good and bad, share it all. You think kids today want to hear what's going on in their parents' lives? Yes. And what happened in work? And they want to hear their parents' feelings and the good and the bad. They want to know what's going on with their parents. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Why is that important to kids today? I mean, it it shows them what their parents are actually going through, and it also helps them realize why they might be on edge that day, why they may want to go home and take a nap, why they may not, you know, sharing your feelings, sharing why they're in a good mood, sharing why they're in a bad mood, and kids honestly want to help. They honestly want to know what's going on with their parents and be able to help them with whatever the problem is. So our kids oftentimes seem like they're distant. They're more consumed with their friends or their phone or their video games than they are with their lives. Why is that? What's going on? What's happened to get the relationship to that standpoint? I believe the one major thing that gets the kids into their escape mode is not being listened or not being heard or being picked on. And you feel like parents often do pick on some of your friends. Yes. Whatever their weakness is, whatever their struggle is in life, whatever the challenges are they face, that parents are constantly bringing it up, talking about it, trying to motivate them or get them to make better decisions. And and that is what leads to kids shutting down on their parents and seeking to escape into something that makes them feel good. Yeah. Okay. When we think about this whole thought about talking, um, we're hearing that these kids want openness. They want transparency. Today's kids are about authenticity. They don't like it when they get a compliment from their parents that obviously isn't true. They want authenticity. They want genuine communication. And so this whole concept of transparency is really built upon trust, which is one of the five T's we're going to talk about in a coming program. But transparency, why is it so important in the relationship between parents and kids? Because the more that you share about your life and you share about your hardships at work or um, the good things that happen or what maybe your childhood memories and what you did when you were their age, you go back and and the the more you share and the more that you're open and the more transparent you become to your kids the more they're going to want to open and the more that they're going to want to share with you. One of the challenges I've found is that, you know, some parents will say, well, I'm asking my kids some of these questions and they're not answering. Or they'll say, you know, I am sharing things about my life with my kid, but they're tuning me out. And one of the things I've found related to transparency is that um, how we handle the communication with our kids, how we interact with them around the good things and the things that go wrong are really vital to transparency. If our kids are afraid of a harsh response 
or a quick response or a judgmental response or, no, you need to do this and you need to do it or else, that will shut down transparency very quickly. Why does that shut transparency down between parents and kids? Because the kids feel like they have to hide things from you. So when there's harsh responses, when there's the threat of having their phone taken away, when um, there's fear that, that the parents are going to go, you can't see that person anymore, you can't hang out with that friend anymore, whatever it may be, that, that causes the kids basically to fear communicating with their parents. Yeah. Okay. I remember a time when you were young and we were just starting to parent differently and approach you without the rules and consequences and without the heavy hand that we were really good at before that. And you had a friend that we were concerned about and you were going to swim team and we were letting you walk from middle school to the swim practice. And then there was a day we got a call from the swim coach because you weren't at swim practice. And of course, that's where we believed you were. What happened that day? I had ditched swim practice to just go play around in the fun pool with my friend. Okay. And this was the friend we were concerned about. Is that right? Yeah. After that, we find out from the coach and you came home. How did we handle that with you? You asked me where I was, um, who I was with, um, what we have been doing. And then you asked me if it was smart to do that or if I should have done something else. And what did you say? Do you remember? No, I don't. That's funny because I remember the conversation pretty well where when I asked you, you know, if you wanted the freedom and the responsibility that we gave, because we give a lot of it in our home compared to to most, your answer was, yeah, I do. And I asked you, you know, how do you think we're feeling about giving you that if friend is going to be able to convince you to skip swim practice when we know you love swimming and we know that you overall, mentally, health-wise, everything do better when you're swimming. And you evaluated that and, and, and came to the conclusion that, that it was a bad decision and you apologized of your own volition. Let me ask you, after that conversation, did you ever do that again? No. Why? Because I knew it wasn't the right decision to make and I didn't want to disappoint you guys. And I didn't want to disappoint myself. So that conversation helped you realize you were disappointed in the decision you made for yourself and not just for us. Yeah. So because we handled that conversation so differently, did that help begin in our relationship building that foundation for transparency because we didn't get upset. We didn't come down on you. We didn't punish you. We didn't start picking you up from school and driving you to practice every day. We extended grace. We had an intelligent conversation. We helped you come to your own internal decisions about your conduct. Um, I know that friend over time, you released that friend. Why did you end up choosing to move on and, and find different friends? She kept hurting me. She was a really bad influence on me, and I didn't want to be around that anymore. Okay. Do you think if we had been coming down on you about the relationship with her if and coming down on you about the mistakes that, like the swim team thing that you made and, and taking away your cell phone, do you believe that you would have come to that conclusion and separated from her? Probably not. I probably would have driven me closer to her. 
Okay. And that's what we need to realize. Parents, if we want to have transparency, we want to have open relationships with our kids. We want to be able to talk about the deeper things and interact around the mistakes and the ups and downs that they go through as kids. The way we respond, the way we react, the way we handle those things is vital to building the foundation for transparency in the relationships with our kids. To me, there's nothing more important than transparency because transparency is what allows our kids to come to us and say, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with this class or I'm struggling in this relationship. It's what allows my daughter Jennifer to come to me in college and say, hey, I'm interested in this guy. What do you think? What should I be looking for? And should I go out with him? And once she was in the relationship, talking about what was going on in the relationship, and when she came to the conclusion that maybe this wasn't the right fit for her, how do I end it? It gives us access to have the really important conversations with our kids when we're transparent with them about what's going on in our lives and our feelings, and we allow them to be transparent, and we're not using that against them. We're not jumping on them. We're not getting frustrated with them. We're helping them learn and grow and process what's going on inside that's leading to the decisions that they're making. Today, we've talked about talking And we've talked about transparency, two of the vital T's for building family connection. If we want to be together as a family, we want to be united, we want to be close, and we want to have those relationships that go from toddler to high school to college and beyond, and we want to be a close, tight-knit family, the five T's of family connection are critical. Next week, we'll be back talking about the T of time and the T of trust. Thanks for joining us for Parenting in the 21st Century. I'm Jeff Schott. Have a great week. That's it for this edition of Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We'll return soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support.